0: Listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. We have been looking at this this passage this book of Ephesians and we've talked about how we've actually titled it sit, walk and stand after a book uh, that Watchman e wrote uh, many many years ago and it's and there's a, there's like a there's a divine order to this okay there's a there's a uh, there's just a a sense where you know we're to sit first and we've talked about for weeks now how the sitting aspect of it is that we're uh, basically we're we're receiving and learning in a new and a, and a fresh way who we are in Jesus what what who what he's done for us what our what our authority we have in him where we stand in him where we actually where we're seated in him and, and who he's and is in us and all that he's done for us and then it's out of the sitting and we'll get to chapter 4 eventually out of the sitting comes the walking and the walking represents the doing okay and then the standing in Ephesians 6 talks about standing uh, and doing warfare against the enemy and so there's an order in there, and and the, the problem is the temptation for most people is that we want to do the walking before we do the sitting, and and to some degree that's kind of been taught to us. I mean, we grew up; many of us grew up in in, in under teaching, where it was like it was it was like we got to do this and we got to do that, and we got to walk, and we and we and we do have to do those things. That comes, but it comes as a result of sitting. It comes as a result. Of, of who we are in Jesus. So we can, we can then walk because we understand I'm a child of God. You know, I can walk in authority. I can walk in power. I can, I can do those things because of who I am in Christ, not because I just all of a sudden decide I want to do them or all of a sudden I try and force myself to do these things the Bible talks about and causes into doing, but I can walk in Jesus because I understand who I am. Okay, I understand what He's done for me. I understand that I'm the righteousness of Christ. I, I don't have to. You know, I don't have to try and earn it. I don't have to try and work myself into it. And that's that's such a temptation for I guess man in general. I mean, it's just a temptation that we want to we want to try and earn our way there. We want to try and do something good to get ourselves into heaven. Or you know, if we witness hard enough, or we read our Bible enough, or we do enough of this, then God's going to like me, and I'm going to be able to get into heaven. You know? And again, there, he wants us to read our Bibles, okay? I'm not saying we don't do that. He wants us to share our faith. He wants us to love people. He wants us to do all those things, but we don't do all those things so we can earn brownie points. Does that make sense? We're not doing them just so, okay, God can go, a boy, Bob, you've made it now. You can get in because you did enough stuff. I'm going to let you in. No, I'm in, okay? You're in. If you're in Christ, you're in. Right? If you're in Jesus, you're in. You're it's all you're already seated in the heavenlies. You're already in Christ. Your enemies have already been defeated. What we just have to do is walk that out and, and by faith live that out. So anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a bunch of scripture to you. I, I know you guys love the book, so we're gonna read the book. In fact, this Paul says in 1 Timothy, until I come devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. It's good to hear the public reading of Scripture. If I don't say anything else from Bob's mouth, hearing God's Word will impact you. In fact, it will impact you a whole lot more than words out of my mouth. Well, don't get excited about that. You know? <laughs> uh, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1. and we're going This morning we're going to get into actual chapter 2, but I'm going to read this out of the message. We're going to have it up front here for you. I just love, again, this um, the, this paraphrase of the Bible but it really kind of pulls it all together so Paul says this I am under God's plan as an apostle a special agent of Christ Jesus writing to you faithful believers in Ephesus I greet you with the grace and peace poured into our lives by God our father and our master Jesus Christ how blessed is God and what a blessing he is he's the father of our master Jesus Christ and takes us to the high places of blessing in him Long before he laid down earth's foundation, he had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Christ Jesus. What a pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son you don't know how hard it is for me just to read that and not stop and preach as we go through this, but we're going to make it this time. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free, they're abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need letting us in on the plans He took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in Him. Everything. Somebody say everything. everything. Everything in deepest heaven and everything on planet Earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth, you believed it, this message of your salvation, you found yourself home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet or this deposit from God Is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. That's why when I first heard of the solid trust you have in the master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I could not stop thanking God for you every time I prayed. I think of you and I give thanks, but I do more than thank, I ask. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. So that you can grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised Him from the dead and set Him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Who's in charge? Let's try that again. Who's in charge? In charge of running the universe. Everything. Everything. Just make sure y'all got that. Everything. That includes... Everything, Mm. gosh, there's so much I could say right there. Everything (laughs) from galaxies to governments, (laughs) I'm pushing through. (laughs) No power. None. No power exempt from His rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything and is at the center of all this. Christ rules the church. The church, you see, oh, I love this. You see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body, in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. How does Jesus show up today? In us. Where us, the church. Okay, I'm going on. Chapter 2. We got there. Thank you Jesus. Hey. It wasn't so long ago that you were, oh gosh, this is so good. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. Man, just turn the TV on. Every advertisement. Isn't it? Every one of them trying to tell us how to live. What we gotta have. What that's, I mean, we we gotta have it. God, there's I sure think of a lot of things I gotta have. Um, I love those gadgets, you know, those little electronic gadgets. See my son shows up with this cool little electronic, you know, drone, you know, and 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 I need one. <laughs> right? Y'all agree I need one, right? You know how handy that thing would come in when I'm hunting? You know, I could fly over the woods and see things. I even thought maybe I could see a deer out there and go past it and fly and and kind of draw it back toward me. See, I got vision. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Okay, let's get back here. (laughs) You let the world, doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. Oh, hmm. I mean, we let, we let Hollywood, you know, we let these actors and actresses tell us how we're supposed to live. It's like, really? We all did it. Well, you filled, hold on, let's go on. You filled your lungs with, with polluted <laughs> unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. Don't you just love how the message puts that uh, We all did it, all of us, doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, King James and NIV and so many of them put but there. Instead, but God, immense in mercy and with incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. Man, let's just go home. Y'all ready? (laughs) <laughs> I want to read that last few verses out of the English Standard Verse. It says this, And you were dead. That's us, guys. Us. Look at your neighbor and say, You were dead. You were dead. Okay, we. We were dead in our trespasses and sins in which we once walked, used to. Following the course of this world, we followed the prince of the power of the air. The spirit is at now in work in the sons of disobedience. "...among whom we once lived, and the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind." But God... (laughs) I love that. I love the but-gods in Scripture. "...but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. But God. <laughs> In verse 1 it says that we were dead. Now he's speaking of us being spiritually dead at that point. Spiritually dead has the idea of being separated from God. So without Jesus, we were dead. We were separated from him. In fact, if you remember Adam and Eve, remember when God created Adam and Eve, and he told them, you can do all this stuff, but if you eat of this one fruit of this tree, what's going to happen? You're going to die. They ate and they died. They died how? Basically, they spiritually died because they became separated from God. They used to, were able to walk with God in the cool cool of the garden. They had fellowship with dad, with God, and then sin, because they fell into sin, separated them, so there became this spiritual death, and we were all born into that, okay? You with me? When we were born on this planet, took on these bodies, we were born dead. Now, that sounds hard, and that sounds bad because of something Adam did. We were born that way, but guess what? We would have done it anyway, okay? The cool thing about that is even though in Adam we all died, in Jesus, we can all live. Another sermon for another time. If you stay spiritually dead, then you wind up eventually physically dead and eternally separated from God without Christ in our lives. Apart from Christ, we are dead. There's no, there was no desire. In other words, before Jesus came into our lives, we had no real desire to live holy. We had no desire, and we, we couldn't even if we wanted to. Okay, because we were dead, we had no life in us. There was no desire for righteousness. There was no desire for God. Now, here, here's something I want you to get. If you're dead, you're dead. Deep, ain't it? Don't you all just love the deepness that you get around here? <laughs> There's no degrees of dead. You're either dead or you're alive you don't there's no partial dead there's no kind of sort of dead you're dead without jesus you're alive with jesus you with me so there's this this sense of the sense of because somebody's good or because you know maybe they're without christ but maybe they're just a good moral person and thank god for good moral people but if they're just a good moral person without christ in their lives they're still dead according to the word They still don't have Jesus. They still don't have life. They're good moral people. And again, thank God for good moral people. But without Jesus, you have no life. Without Christ, there is no life. I remember, I remember Harry, this guy, one of my favorite all-time preachers, guy by the name of E.V. Hill, Dr. E.V. Hill. He was a black pastor. Loved listening to this guy preach. Powerful, powerful preacher. I remember him saying this one time. He had asked this lady in his church. He came up to her and he said, Sister so and so, you know, how's your son doing? She had an older son that was, I guess, in his thirties or so, and she says, "Sister, so and so, how how's your son doing?" And she goes, "Oh, pastor, he's doing so good. He he's he got a great job. He's making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year." He's got two houses. He's got a great house down here. He's got a house up in the mountains. He's got all these cars. He's got a wife, and he's got kids, and he's, he's doing so good, Pastor. The fact is, he even gave me a mink stole. He's, he's just doing, he's doing good, Pastor Hill. I, man, thanks for asking. And Evie Hill looks at her and says, well, how's he, how's he doing spiritually? And, and she's like, well, you know, Pastor, you know, Kids these days they they don 't really walk with jesus they don 't really walk with god and he he just he just kind of got all up in her face He said sister so and so it doesn 't really matter how many cars he 's got it doesn 't matter how many homes he 's got it doesn 't matter how many mink stoles he gives you he 's not doing good if he doesn 't have Jesus in him and that just that just that reminds me of him i could, I could still see him preaching that of how if we're dead we're dead without christ without jesus we're dead and the verse two says this that not only were we dead but we at one time we once walked in our sins we were captive to them we followed the course of this world without jesus we followed that we did that we had no control in our lives we were enslaved without jesus in our lives and here's something that always amazes me is this is that we, now get this for a second, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we're now alive, right? So we now have power over slavery. We now have power over sin. We have power over sin. So we no longer have to walk in those things. You with me? What gets me is this. As Christians, especially as the church, how we expect people without Jesus to walk a certain way. How do we expect them to walk like us? How do we expect them to act like us? How do we expect them to do these things without Jesus in their lives? They, they can't. <laughs> They're dead, according to the Scripture. They don't have life. They don't have the ability to overcome sin that's in their lives. They can't do it without Christ living in them. And so our expectation should not be, we think the whole rest of the world ought to live like us because we're Christians. They can't do it you with me without jesus you can't walk that way hmm. trying to decide how to put this without ruffling a whole lot of feathers do you understand sometimes it's good to have your feathers ruffled okay just want to make sure and you still have to love me you with me I'm setting you all up. I hope you all know that. You see, I think it was Josh and I had this conversation this week, and maybe Jeremy and I even had it as well, but we can make things illegal to stop people from doing certain things. I'm all in favor. I'm not against laws, okay? Okay. But laws in and of themselves don't change people. You with me? Just because we've made something illegal doesn't change a person's life. It doesn't change their heart. In fact, they're going to continue to do it and break the law. The law doesn't stop. In fact, that's kind of the whole idea of the old covenant. Remember reading in here? Remember, Paul talks about in Galatians and in the New Testament about how the old covenant, which was the law, didn't do anything to change people. What the law did was show people they can't change apart from Jesus. We can't live up to it. So for us just to legislate, and again, I'm not saying, well, let's make it legal to murder people. Obviously, there's laws that we have to have in this land. But us as Christians sometimes in this Please hear what I'm saying, okay? Sometimes we think that if we can just legislate certain things and change certain laws, then all of a sudden America is going to become this Christian nation. It ain't going to happen. The way America is going to become a Christian nation is when you and I as Christians live the life of Jesus, and we start getting around people that aren't Christian, and we start pointing them to Jesus. That's what's going to change people's lives. Not a bunch of laws, not a bunch of rules, and Again, hear the rest of this sermon. Not just voting the right people into the right places. Our hope is not in people. Our hope is not in politics. Our hope isn't in the Democrats. It's not in the Republicans. It's not in political people. Our hope is in Jesus. Now, again, we have the right. And I, 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 this is going to be my last political message for at least at least two years. <laughs> Thank God we live in a democracy where we get to vote. That's one of our privileges. And if you didn't vote, shame on you. Okay, We get to vote. But listen to me. Mm. I, I'm going to vote the way I feel this says I should vote. And my encouragement to you is do the same thing. But listen to me. Some people vote differently than we do or I do. And I'm still supposed to Love them, not call them names, not ridicule them, not demean them, not tear them down, not get on Facebook and make all kinds of stupid statements. Okay? I read one, and help me, Jesus. I read one the other day. This, this person that I know that's a follower of Jesus makes this statement You can't be a Christian if you vote a Democrat. Baloney. I have some very good friends that are followers of Jesus that did not vote the way I voted. I don't understand how they do it, but you know what? That's between them and Jesus. It's not for me to judge to decide whether they're Christian or not because of the way they voted. That's not that's not my place. That's God's place. You know what my place is? Love them. Love them. Love them. <laughs> You want to unpack this country? Start loving on folks. Stop quit buying into all the junk that you see and listen to and hear. Just start loving on folks. Love people. I don't care what color they are. I don't care what economic status they have. I don't care what kind of cars they drive or what It doesn't matter. Jesus didn't tell us to love people like ourselves. Fact is, I think there's somewhere in there where it says something about it's pretty easy to love people that love you. It's pretty easy to love people that take you in and bring you over and feed you dinner, you know, and then return that. We just share dinners, and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but love folks that aren't necessarily lovable in our eyes. Go out, look at me, go out of your way to do it. Find somebody that's different, that looks different, that sounds different, that speaks different, that, that, that maybe isn't in your social economic class, and just go out of your way to show them Jesus' love. Love them, folks. You want to impact America? Start loving people. You with me? i I'm sorry. Sometimes you just got to quit reading stuff, you know? I just, I just read something literally this morning. Why did I read it this morning? Supposedly, there's this thing going on in Houston, okay? And they've made this ordinance. And all of a sudden, it looks like if, if it's followed to the letter of the law, that churches could have to hire homosexual people, okay? Now, obviously, I'm not in favor of that. Okay, I'm going to do what the Bible says. I don't care what the government says. I'm going to do what the Bible says. Okay, that's where we're going to stand. We're going to stand on this. You with me? Listen to me. However, (laughs) a very well-known Christian, if I said his name, you would recognize it, made this statement. That if we don't change that, the church is done for. If we let the government do that to churches, the church is is over. It's done for. Baloney. And that's saying it nicely, okay? Sixty-plus years ago, communism moved into China, and they thought they were going to end the church. You know one of the strongest churches in the world is today? In China. You don't. You don't, you're not going to end the church. You're not going to put an end to it. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how much political influence you've got. I don't care how many people are following you. I don't care how many laws you get passed. It doesn't matter. Jesus, remember we read earlier in Ephesians chapter one, Jesus is in charge of everything, especially the church. You and I, we can't stop it. We can't put an end to it. It's going to go, it's going to grow, it's going to move forward, it's going to impact people, it's going to change lives. Fact is, everything I've ever read through church history, the church does better when it's being persecuted. Hello? Literally, study church history. The church abounds under persecution, it flourishes when it's persecuted. Now, look at me. I'm not signing up to get persecuted. I don't want any of it, but you know what? If it happens, it's still not going to stop the church from going forward. We are a church. We are a force in this world. Didn't we just read that in Ephesians? The church is preeminent in the world. It's not the other way around. The world doesn't have to influence us. We're supposed to be influencing it. It ought to be the other way around. Man, Amen, Bob, Amen. Thank you for sharing that with us. That was good stuff. Mm. Verse three. We're moving forward. We're going to land this plane here sometime in the next couple of hours. Verse three. <laughs> Woo! All of us also lived among them at once, gratifying or gratifying the cravings of our own sinful nature and following us desires like the rest. We we we. We did the same thing. <laughs> Hello? Before Jesus, that's who we were. And you know what that all... If it did nothing else in our lives, if we understood that, if it did nothing else in our lives, it should stop us from judging people that still are in sin. Amen? I'm telling you what, people... Without Jesus, we'd be doing it too. <laughs> we did it. How many of you before Jesus didn't live a stellar life? <laughs> I know a lot of you. <laughs> how, how can When we understand that without Christ, we, that's us. We're doing that. How can we judge people that do it? How can we look down our noses and say, "You know, you did this and this and this and this"? Mm. We once lived there. You think it would? You would think that would cause us to have mercy and compassion and love for people that are caught in sin, not not be judgmental of them. Are you with me? I mean, see, and you guys heard me say this a thousand times, but somehow or another, we've got to learn how to love people where they're at. That doesn't mean we condone their sin. Jesus, Jesus was able; to, he was able to love the woman caught in adultery. Okay, the Pharisees, the religious crowd, brought. Notice they didn't bring the guy. He was caught too. I mean, if they caught in the, act, are you with me? They were caught in the act. Both of them were there. <laughs> right? They didn't worry about the dude, but they brought the woman. Brought her to Jesus and said, "You know, this is what the law says. The law says we're supposed to stone her." Jesus looks around and has this little communication back and forth and draws some things in the dirt, and <laughs> which brings them all under conviction. And they leave. And He says, "Those without sin, cast the 1st I'm paraphrasing this. Cast the first stone. They all left. Do you do understand? Jesus could have thrown the stone. Yeah. yeah, he was the only one without. He could have done it. He had the legal right to do it what did he do? He said, he looks at her and says, where are your accusers? Where are they at? They're gone. I love you. I love you. Go and sin no more. Stop it. Quit doing it. In fact, a lot of times we look at that aspect of saying, well, stop your sinning, you sinner. No, you know what he's saying? I love you. You don't have to keep doing that anymore. I can set you free from it. Go and stop doing it. You see the difference? He wasn't judging her. He was just saying, it's killing you. What you're doing's killing you. So have freedom and stop doing it. He somehow or another, Jesus was able to, to, to love somebody in the midst of their sin and still love them. And we we gotta we gotta get that. Somehow or another, we gotta get it. We gotta figure that out. We gotta get it in our lives. But just to, just to take somebody right right where they're at. Not, not say, yes, great, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Yes, but, but love them in the midst of that. Yeah. And I know, we, fortunately, we live in a society, as soon as we disagree with someone, they think you hate them, I understand all that. But we can still love folks. Amen. Quit calling people names. Quit making derogatory remarks about them. Quit judging them. Whew. We used to be there. We would be. Verse 4 says but God but God because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions He made us alive because of his great love for us See now guys now in Jesus we're no longer dead He made us alive we have life in us now. We, 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 see, that to me, that's the thing we should be able to, 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 to show to other people around us, our people that we work with, our neighbors. They should be able to somehow or another see there's life in us. There's something, there's something that's deep in us that stirs in us. or something that, that motivates us that's different than the world. There's something in us that, that gives us life in the midst of when hell's breaking loose. You still have life. That's what separates us that's what makes us different when our, when we've lost our jobs and our cars break down and our kids act up and we have stuff that's going on in our lives what separates us is we can walk through that with life we we see the end you with me we we see the end it's tough here sometimes, but we got the end in mind it's it, we go through problems and trials and situations here but we know we're victorious in them we can walk through them we don't have to get down in the dumps we don't have to get and please understand me sometimes if you're in the dumps it's okay just find somebody to share with them you're in the dumps and come out of them (laughs) hello i mean there's times in my life i you know, I can put on this, quote, spiritual front and act all holy and spiritual, but there's times when I'm going through hell, i got to have a friend I can get with and say, you know what, I just feel like cussing a lot right now, and I may just do it. <laughs> but it's okay, because Jesus loves me, and he'll forgive me, and he's going to keep right on loving me, and he'd rather me be honest than put on some pious front. I'm serious. Sometimes you just got to, everybody in this room, I've got two or three friends that I can just be gut level honest with and just share my, and they call me. I get a call regularly from a couple of my friends, Bob, how you doing? Because they know we're going through hell right now. And they'll ask me, how you doing? And sometimes I say I'm doing okay. Sometimes i say I'm doing great. Sometimes i say, like, I'm not sure if I'm saved anymore. (laughs) I'm serious. But you know what? It's okay. (laughs) Now, you don't want to stay there, obviously. Have you ever read, have you read this? Have you read the Psalms? Have you read David? Remember, God called David a man after his own heart. God picks out David, just puts the spotlight on him and says, here's a man after my own heart. You know what David did? This guy was an adulterer or murderer. Hello, and and when you—that's what I love about the songs. If you if you get in the doldrums or or is that a word doldrum? If if, if you get in the place where you're just you know kind of down here, get in the book of Psalms. man. I, David just he just starts putting it out there. He just he throws it out to God. God, where where are you at? How can this is happening? My enemies have surrounded me. It's everything's falling apart. God, where are you? You ever been there? Just two of us. (laughs) Rest of you, you're lying. And, and David just cries out. He just he gets right up in God's, almost like he's in his face. He said, God, I don't understand this. I don't understand. Why are my enemies overcoming me? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And then he gets some revelation from God. And then you know what? He just starts telling his soul. Soul, straighten up. Get in line. Stop that. Quit it. Quit feeling that. Quit, quit responding that way. Soul, Jesus, God loves you. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King. That's who I am. And I'm going to walk, I'm going to decide, I'm going to walk in that. You got a choice. I'm telling you, it's so much more fun to walk when you're following Jesus than it is when you're just pouting. Are you with me? I mean, you know, sometimes it's okay to pout, but pout. Pout to a close friend that loves Jesus and pout because God can handle it. He knows whether you're pouting or not. I I he God one time told me I felt I was this prayer warrior. I mean, I just had this sense, I'm just praying and praying and praying. And God told me one time, He said, You're not praying, you're just mumbling, you're murmuring. You're just griping and complaining. That's not praying. <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes we just, I, sometimes it's okay. God's God's big. God can handle it. He knows it whether you do it or not. He knows it whether you get honest. So just get honest with God. Get honest with a friend. And come out of it and start following Jesus and resurrender your life. Get saved again. I've been saved about 50,000 times. Just kidding. I don't get all theological on me. I think I have been saved a few times. Anyway. Amen We were dead I love that We were dead We were were without hope (laughs) We were doomed We were letting the world tell us what to do and How to live and how to act And how to respond But God (laughs) God picked you out He chose you Ephesians 1, remember us reading that? Before the foundations of the world, he had his eye on you. Before you were even thought about, before your mama and daddy even considered having you. <laughs> was that crazy? God chose you, picked you out, poured out his, his, his lavish gift giving. He just poured it out on us. That ought to, that that should impact us, change us. Amen? Amen. Wow. We're going to beat the Baptist to the restaurant. It's only 1125. <laughs> Josh, you want to come on down, please, sir? Let's stand up, guys. We're going to just enter back into a time of worship here for just a few moments and And uh, let's just see what the Lord wants to do for ministry time. Let's stand up. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.